from the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between. This is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athletes. And we're back with another special edition of Inside Texas High School Soccer, powered by College Promoters USA, our proud partners, College Promoters USA. You can find them locally in the San Antonio area here at the uh, Ventura Plaza Shopping Center. You can also find them on social media at College Promoters USA, as well as SATX Recruiting, as well as on their website at collegepromotersusa.com. We are back. We are back. I'm proud to say we have the, uh, as I call it, dubbed him before, the Obi-Wan Kenobi of Texas high school soccer, Coach Rafa. Rafa, how are you, buddy? Pretty good. Uh, recovering from last night's uh, uh, chilly San Antonio Sea game <laughs> and, in the morning, uh, and, and an early morning podcast that we had. Yeah, I saw that. I think you're recovering more from the early morning pot. I was like, what were you guys thinking? Plus, with the, the time change, I know you, Harry, and Roy say more more power to you guys. Uh, I think you guys were wrapping up as I was, I think, waking up for the second time this morning. So uh, what were your thoughts? Uh, home opener, USL kicked off uh, the season last night. What were your quick thoughts on that the SAFC match? Well, just a little sluggish in the beginning. I think we just didn't take advantage of the inexperience from Detroit, but especially missing that PK. But second half, we kind of picked it up a bit, made some substitutions, and was able to get that goal in. And we're off to LA next week and see how they can get three points over there. So, and then also having a a change in the lineup. There's some injuries we didn't even know. You know, we were some questionable ones that decided that we were out about three or four players. So, but it's a, you know, it's a good starter win and we'll see, we'll, we'll take it from there. And hopefully there'll be more wins to come. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. And uh, yeah, I think uh, it was a, definitely a slow start. I think from my perspective, uh, our point of view where we were sitting uh, last night's match, definitely, you could definitely tell it was the first game of the season. Uh, but things definitely picked up in the second half and some interesting results across the league. So awesome. So, Hey, we're glad to have you, you know, where it's been a while since we've been here, had an episode of inside Texas high school soccer. And for our, our listeners that maybe are catching this for the first time, this is kind of a, a spinoff series from the 50, 50 podcast in collaboration with our partners at the uh, San Antonio soccer Roundtable in uh, Rafa, as well as Harry, <clears throat> excuse me. And kind of just took off uh, organically, uh, kind of by demand last year, right at the start of the playoffs. We got in, I think, about four or five episodes, mm-hmm. and then we decided we were going to bring this back this season, kind of 
over the course of the season, at least try to get into maybe three episodes before the start of the state playoffs. And then once the playoffs begin, you'll pretty much be seeing us every week. So again, that's inside Texas high school soccer. So thank you for being here. So today's show, uh, we're going to cover quite a few things. Uh, so we'll have, you know, we're going to cover, um, what we have dubbed, uh, or what Rafa has dubbed kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly, kind of some some surprises, both good, again, bad, and ugly uh, across the state. Uh, some some programs who have surprised us in one way or another, maybe. Uh, as well as we're going to look at uh, the schedule, key dates coming up as we transition and start winding down into uh, about the last nine days, 10, what, I think, yeah, 10 days of the season uh, before the start of, uh, of the state playoffs. And then we will wrap up with the, uh, the debut of, uh, of Rafa's very own, his, uh, his RPI, his Rafa Power Index, as we dub it here. So it's a very unique twist on how he's going to do his, uh, his Power Index. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Very excited about that because it's going to be a very interesting, uh, very interesting twist on how he put that together. So, all right, Rafa, let's dive right in. Um, give us give us a quick look maybe over the course of this season, right? We've had some surprises, both good and some, I hate to say bad, but some teams who maybe we were expecting more have the pedigree or maybe even just, um, you know, have just struggled for a number of reasons to get on the right foot. Uh, could be injuries. Again, some teams have battled COVID, uh, rescheduling. And then, of course, you know, with those reschedules and sometimes having to play three games in a week coupled with injuries, or maybe it's a, a game on a weekend, uh, the the club players, they're affected by showcases as well. So there's a number of factors that, that come into play, obviously. But uh, so we're going to look at the girls first here, Coach. So we look across the state. Give me, you know, maybe one program that stands out to you in terms of that's been like, that has far exceeded expectations in terms of the good uh, maybe has kind of under underperformed for the bad. And then just the ugly, whatever direction you want to go with the ugly. Uh, so uh, what, what are your thoughts when you look across the state for the girls? As far as with the good, the, the one team that, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still impressed even from last year with the, the run they had to the finals and winning the finals for the 5A girls is Dripping Springs. I mean, they're just loaded with talent, and and you, even their JV team is loaded with talent, and that's the scary part. And now they're moving up to 6A. I'm sure Lake Travis and, and, and the Westlake are, are not too happy about them moving up, and they're going to give – I think they're going to give them a lot of problems, and I could see Dripping Springs being a favorite for that district because they did beat – Lake Travis in a, in a non-district game, which which was a big statement pretty much to the state. Say, hey, we're not going anywhere. He's still going to have to deal with us. Um, so, they're like I said, they've been my favorites for, to, to repeat. I, I think they just have the pedigree. Uh, they just methodically know how to pick you apart. And, that, and I haven't seen many teams do that. And they, they're very patient. You know, even though there was one game that they were down against Bernie, I think it was Bernie Champion in their own home in their home field, they still came back and took care of business. So that's that's one of the surprise. I guess not say surprises, but as far as really exceeded 
my expectations for this year. And there's some other teams too that are really uh, as well. Um, I'm very impressed. And then also like a 29 district 29 6A. There's three quality teams in that district. You got Taff. You got O'Connor. I got to recently see O'Connor and Brendan play, and you know back and forth. And but all three have been battling for that district title. Even the other district 28 6A. There's like six teams deep that can make right. the playoffs and probably can make the playoffs at other districts. So, and then there's, you got your Metroplex, you can say like your Flower Marcus, you know, Capel, you know, basically at your, like kind of your murders role as far as district play, you know, it's, right. it's a playoff game, right. you know, right. it could be like a regional final pretty much, you know, in, in, in that, in those district games. So, so those are some, a lot of the good things, even like in, you know, four, a, there's some, some good teams have been going, um, you know, that been been stepping up. Stephenville, like I said, they're one of the favorites. Uh, they remain undefeated. Uh, that Palestine team, too, for the girls, they've they've made a statement. So I think they're going to make some noise in the playoffs. And um, the one team that have been they have been discussed a lot is a team or from Giddings, which is like a newer program. They're they're undefeated, and so so a lot of great, like I said, a lot of great things there. As far as the bad, you know, um, surprises of the Bernie girls. They've they've struggled this year. They're you know they were the favorite to win district uh, the state. They've you know they've you know they got knocked out by Callen and and we we all thought they were going to win the district no problem at all. But they've had pro- they've had some issues, you know, trying to win that. And I think they're still still in it, you know, between them and Wimberley, but they look vulnerable and. Like I said, you know, a lot of the teams are not going to be afraid to play them yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, I think uh, going into Friday's matches, mm-hmm. Wimberley was was still in first, correct? Yeah. <laughs> so that's that. That was kind of like the bad there because, you know, my expectations and I like I said, discussed when like in our, in our show that was talking to Harry is, you know, I thought they would bounce back, learn from what happened last year, and really kind of take. You know the bull by the horns and and dominate, but that hasn't been the case this year for for the district play. And uh, hopefully, like I said, they they can get it together and you know see if they can make a run and and, and knock off you know the t- you know if they meet Callen again, knock them off in the you know in the playoffs and get to the you know to the state tournament. Yeah, yeah. Um, and no, uh, no need for a, for an ugly, nobody's matched, met the ugly category for any number of reasons. I, on the I, I think the one ugly is, uh, Wichita Falls Rider. Uh, those six games, those six games, they had a forfeit and, you know, to win all those games and then to use an ineligible player, that is not very smart on the coaching staff and to lose, you know, losing those games really will affect your team's psyche, you know, and, and they'll be going into, like I said, I'm sure they'll make the playoffs. They're a talented team, but you know, those, those, without those ineligible players, you know, it's going to be a different look for them, you know, going into the playoffs right. and, you know, and then a lot of, a lot of teams may not have to show respect for them for, <laughs> for the things they did. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like the ugly part, you know, yeah. For, for 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 the girls soccer side yeah yeah okay good um i i do have to call you out though i was kind of i did catch a glimpse of you uh rocking the uh the dripping springs beanie this morning 
So <laughs> I was fully expecting you to come on here the same again, but no. Uh, so a little disappointed there, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. So now we transition over to the boys' side, Coach. Again, looking at, <clears throat> excuse me, you're good, you're bad, and you're ugly. Good as far as overperformed or the big surprise uh, on the positive side. The bad, maybe a team or two that have underperformed, that have just shockingly have just uh, not not been where you know people have expected them to for a number of reasons. Again, we said just in large part, it's usually the tradition, the pedigree of that program. And then, of course, the ugly is how as you see fit, right? So on the boys' side, what do you got? As far as the good, I mean, what can you say about El Paso Eastlake? I mean, I know that. I had a disappointment, uh, you know, as far as not getting knocked off in the playoffs, which, which a game they should have won, but they've bounced back and they've beaten some teams. And I mean, they manhandled Frisco Wakeland, you know, and we don't see that often, you know, right? You know, in the and 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 that was at in Frisco's backyard too. So I, that shows you that team's on a mission to really kind of get you know redeem itself and get to the final and i think that i think this could be the year that finally the, all the pieces are going to fit together everything's going to go their way and, and finally make breakthrough and get to get to georgetown other good team as far as good um uh one uh this is actually an upstart team a uh, new team this year that we covered here in the san antonio is the, the hondo owls uh first year program uh we didn't know what to expect from them, and on me and Harry went to go see him play, and right, right. they're in the brink of making the playoffs on their first year. Yeah, and that's a kind of a good, a feel good story for that <clears throat> program to to make the playoffs. And then we were there for their first sister game, and they won their first sister game at home. And and you can tell the by the community they they're they're very behind this team, you know, both and boys and the girls, but the boys team. I said they have a good shot. I know they have to win out a couple games. I think they play tomorrow, I think, at 10 a.m. And if they can get that win, I think that seals the deal for them to get into the playoffs. They got Uh, that spring break schedule going. Is that what they're doing? Yeah. Yeah. Who are they playing in that? Do you recall? Uh, I I think they're playing. I'm going to pull up their schedule really quick because it might be Somerset. And I think they've been battling Somerset back and forth. for the playoffs, you know, for that last playoff spot. Right. And let me see if I should get their schedule here. Yeah, it is it is against Somerset. So whoever wins this game basically pretty much clinches a playoff spot. for Clinches, for the, clinches the fourth spot, right? Um, actually, it could be the third spot. Oh, okay. So both teams could be going then. Yeah. So okay. there's like I said, they're <clears throat> this like I said, they're within striking. Like I said, this is getting the third spot. Okay, so, all right. So they have Good. a they have a shot there, you know. And the Somerset kind of has it the toughest because they gotta still play play a couple of the tough teams. Another and then also actually another team that's good that's come out and from the same district has been the Lavernia Bears. And I went to go mm-hmm. see them play. And if I'm burning Greyhounds, I I keep my eye on this team. They are very talented. They're very young. They're mostly sophomores and freshmen, but some but the way they play, the touch the ball, and their super striker was only a sophomore. Um, he's he's been dynamite. 
Mm-hmm. So keep an eye out for that team because, like I said, because uh, Bernie needs to kind of keep an eye and his back for you know on them and that and hopefully they get to meet up in the playoffs. I think that'd be a very right. good matchup. Yeah, and that was going to be my question. Do you think Lavernia? Obviously, any given day, we understand that. Mm-hmm. But is Laver- does Lavernia have all the tools capable of of knocking off you know the uh, the defending state champs and Bernie? Do you I, think? I think they. I think they do. They have the offense. They have. You know the defenders. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they respond well from it from adversity. I know they want to see them play against Somerset. They were down, but they came back, roaring back, and right. and they put six on them. Uh, on, they could have actually put more. You know, I think their their star forward he could have had a like a double hat trick if he, he just was unlucky on some getting balls hitting on the post. But they they're very well coached. They they have a lot of discipline. But they're a very hungry team, and I think you know. Speaking to their coach a few weeks ago, they, you know, they kind of felt the, you know, the bite from that loss last year, and they were expected to go further. But you know, and a lot of people didn't think them having a lot of freshmen and sophomores they were going to do much this year. But right. that right. hasn't been the case, and the, this team could be the surprise for the next couple of years. You know, as far as a contender in Region Four. So, and like I said, Bernie needs to kind of keep an eye on them you know, going into the playoffs because that, that, like I said, that's going to be a good matchup. Other good, like I said, other good programs have been out. Um, you know, what can you say about, you know, some of the DFW teams like Keller, they've done a great job. So, you know, South Lake Carroll, you know, they've, those are your parentals. Another one is, is San Antonio Reagan. San Antonio Reagan has been the the darling here in San, one of the darlings here in San Antonio and, and they finally won a district championship. They finally knocked off uh, who were the defending six A champs. Lee, they not. I think they stopped their forty something game winning streak in district play or fifty. And they finally clinched the district title. Uh, I was at that game as well, and they just blitzkrieg uh, Lee and really exposed them too on some of the. And which I'll we'll get into, I guess so the, that leads into the ugly part, which is yeah. Lee um, surprised that you know they didn't win the district title, and I was you know people had had high hopes of thinking so that you're they, putting they, them in your ugly or your bad, the bad, your bad, okay, just the bad, and I, and I expected them to really do, um, you know, to really kind of still set the bar and and win the district and. I think injuries has been a been a key role. I right. know they lost one of their key players, but you know you can't count them out in the playoffs. They're still uh, absolutely you know, not. They're, they're still the champs for you know until you knock off the champs. You know they're still going to remain the champs, and you know and then depending on the seeding they have, you know they could have you know the you know who who's to say they can't get through it and get back into you know into the state right. tournament, right? Right. Yeah. Any uh, anyone on? Well, before we get to that, I guess. <clears throat> yeah. When it comes to Lee, you know, the, you talk about the pedigree, you talk about their a couple of they're like one or two, you know, you know, penalties, penalties away. And then if not for COVID, they're potentially looking at a three peat. Right. So so they have the pedigree, they have the experience they have, you know, and Coach Rogers, they have the well experienced coaching. Um, so, yeah, can't count them out. It's been a number of issues, I think, in their perspective. It's just the reality. It's not excuses. Yeah. It's it's the reality of of what they've been up against, and they're not the only ones that have been up against that. Yeah. But I think when you're the defending state champ, obviously, p- 
people just people start to look a little closer, right? So yeah, definitely wouldn't definitely would not be wanting to play them going into uh, the by district round or and if they can progress into the area round because I think that's that's kind of a team too that they just need to if they start getting warm right they start getting hot at the right time um, and just like you said they're they're the state champ until someone com- finishes them off right until someone knocks them out of the playoffs so mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't think we've heard the last from them by no. by any means uh anyone on the ugly so we've covered some good we've covered some or any other bad i should say before some bad as far as um not really there's really i don't think any ugly more as far as bad um far valley view uh i know they're winning their district right now they have a good record but the bad is they lost their leading scorer and now he's playing for the uh, north texas uh elite uh the new and the mls next league so he signed with them. So he's he's leaving them for the second half of the district season, and and he he's he was the one that they they depended on all the goals. And I remember watching him play against Keywood Park here for the state semifinal here in San Antonio. And you know he he was the guy that they give the ball to. It was kind of like reminded me of that movie, kicking and screaming, pass it to the Italians. With that, that's what it was there with him. Um, but you know he's a. But the good, I mean, we can say it's good for him, and he's signing a contract to play in MLS next. And you know, who's to say he is the next breakout star? You know, mm-hmm. if you yeah. know from Valley to play, you know, professionally and so forth. So, but the bad is, you know, how is Valley View going to, you know, react from this? You know, be you know, can are they going to be competitive? Are they going to, you know, do they have the talent to? Make it kind of you know to get further on because they are going to have some tough, some tough tough teams right. to have over there, especially like Brownsville Porter and, right. and Lopez and veterans and and deal know. with Rivera as well. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So awesome. So no ugly. So all right, that's our our good, bad, and the ugly, both on the on the girls and the boys side. So as we start drawing closer, you know, you can see down on the ticker there are hash, uh, not our hashtags, but the hashtags in terms of what we're trying to share with the state. Um, so as we continue to progress final week, week and a half or so of uh, district uh, district matches and then leading into the playoffs, which will start on uh, Thursday, March 24th, please be sure. Uh, and if you are in the San Antonio area, uh, coupled with your results, make sure you tag the uh, two, the two one Oh soccer scores, hashtag hashtag two one Oh soccer scores. Um, as well as the hashtag Texas High School Soccer Scores, um, which you can see there down the bottom of your ticker. And if you're just reporting a score across the state, uh, include that hashtag along with our our main one, the main one that we uh, use to grow the sport across the state, right? The TXHSSOC for Texas High School Soccer. But Texas High School Soccer Scores, hashtag TXHSSOC Scores. That is to ensure that we're also plugging uh, plugging your scores, reporting your scores as well. So. A lot of schools across the area, across the region, and across some of the different regions have done really well with that this year. So for that, we thank you. We appreciate it. And just, again, reminder, hashtag TXHSSOC for Texas High School Soccer Scores and the hashtag 210 Soccer Scores um, for your score reporting. So, all right, Coach. So we talked about it. I just hit on it. Thursday, March 24th marks the start. Excuse me the start of the uh, the by district round the state playoffs so 
what we do it, what I was going to go ahead and do is I'm going to pull up the share my screen here and pull up the So if you look up here closely, if you can see, hopefully you can see that. So, uh, so important, uh, the upcoming dates is what we wanted to cover next. The upcoming schedule, what that will look like. Um, so you will have, now the interesting piece is we haven't come across, at least I haven't. I don't know if you have, uh, Rafa, but haven't come across any games that are still slated to be played as late as Tuesday, March 22nd. But we do have, I know we've, I've seen at least three across the state that are going to be played on, on Monday, March 21st. And then of course, this is, there may be the possibility of a play-in game or one of the heated, you know, one of the heated topics as far as a coin, a coin flip, different yeah. districts have different bylaws. So uh, the state UIL leaves that to the respective uh, district executive committees uh, with the president, the district president having to having to say in that as well. So uh, when we look at the upcoming schedule, so what you'll see why the March 22nd date is so important is that is that is the district certification deadline that indicates when the the uh, chair of the district executive committee for all districts across the state of Texas, they have to submit to UIL their final district standings and who their playoff representatives will be. So that's an important date. So again, that's Tuesday, March 22nd, two days later starts, uh, starts the big tournament. Uh, it's the UIL state playoffs with the opening of the by district round, which is slated for Thursday, March 24th through Saturday, the 26th. Come back the following Monday and Tuesday. You'll see there is the area round March 28th and 29th. You fast forward to the following weekend, and then that's where you enter the the regional quarterfinal round, and then the following <clears throat> the following date after that is, and we'll hit on that. We'll expand on that a little bit more in a second. Is your regional tournament, which will be back after a hiatus hiatus last year, which kind of had a lot of had a lot of good to it because the games were separated by what about three days? I think it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you had teams that were traveling large distances uh, that were able to they were able to accommodate that travel a lot better. So unfortunately, that is gone. And we will now return to the traditional regional tournament, which will consist of the regional uh, semifinal and the regional final round, that being on April 8th and 9th. Uh, and then the following the following week is the trip. Uh, what everybody's striving for is the trip to Georgetown. April 13th through the 16th at the state soccer tournament where we will see the state semifinal and final played there at Berkelbach Field there in Georgetown for all, all three classifications, 4A, 5A, and 6A for both boys and girls. So any thoughts on this, Coach, as you look at it? Yeah, just like I said, it is going to be something different now or the normal way as far as playoffs <laughs> Last year, we had, all the teams had to travel, even to the state semifinal. They had to go to a, a, a neutral site to play. Like I said, I went to one here. It was Kingwood Park Boys versus Far Valley View for a state semifinal. Um, now they're going to go back to the regional sites, so that's going to be you know less travel. But I, I kind of like did like last year's setup a bit and made it interesting going to travel different places. But also the, the 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 time in between, I think I think it allowed players to kind of rest up a bit and heal right. up, right. and 
you know, maybe there's something maybe in the future of the UIL because just kind of looking at it, you know, it, it is possible to have, you know, a playoff each week, like on, on the weekends. You know, they, they can extend it by an extra week. And I think maybe that would be a better benefit for the teams to, you know, to recover, still be able to, to you know, train. Um, like I said, we can have we can have that state tournament the fo- you know an extra week uh, you know the following extra week you know it was the twenty sixth or something like that yeah. you know that way you know it's I think it's a bit more fair for the players and like I said less travel too because especially you have to travel on a Tuesday right. Monday or Tuesday night right. you know it's not going to be too bad as far as traveling like on a fr- on a Thursday or a Friday night for yeah. first student so hopefully they'll maybe con- really consider that. Yeah, and there is something to be said about that super long window uh, bet- from the, the the regional quarterfinal round all the way to the regional, what would be the regional final, right? Mm-hmm. So you're talking there in essence, what is that, about 11 days uh, for three games? Uh, so, so there's no, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's necessarily a reason why you couldn't continue to separate to the, uh, um, the regional tournament, the way it was done last year with the semifinal and the final, mm-hmm. I get it in terms of they're trying to generate the buzz, but <clears throat> excuse me, you know, you, you and I both know that so much is probably put into that semifinal to try to get into the regional final that the legs, the legs can be gone come uh, the regional final. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So interesting. And and the, you kind of have that, that same argument can be made at the state at state tournament level as well, but it, it, it is what it is. So, but yeah. Yeah. Even like with basketball or with football, I've seen, they start the state championships on a Wednesday and, you know, you know, playing like a biter stick on a weekend, right. playing an area on a weekend, playing the quarterfinals on the weekend, everything on the weekend, you know, it, it also allows fans and parents to go to the games instead of traveling on a Tuesday night, a Monday or Tuesday night. Yeah. But also, if you're going to expect, like I say, for example, the regional semifinal final, I know they have it back to back. I mean, if you play the game Thursday, you take Friday off and then you play Saturday, give them a day, give them a day of, uh, to relax. And, and kind of the same thing with, with the state tournament, you know, you know, have four a play Wednesday. Um, and then they play the final on, on Friday, Yeah, you know, five, a plays are, you know, semifinal on Thursday, they play the final on Saturday. And then, for you know, same, same thing with, you know, the only one probably maybe back-to-back would be probably just, just a 6A. But if they can accommodate yeah. something, you know, maybe they can give at least a player like a day off to play. You know, it, right. it, I think it could be done. Yeah, I remember, was it last year we were, I remember we were talking about it. You had definitely by district and area but i think even regional quarterfinal round uh round matchups last year were being played in the middle of the week like a tuesday wednesday i think well the regional the state regional final finals was on 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 a tuesday yeah they were well but well what i was getting at is i think as deep as a regional quarterfinal you had them being played in the middle of the week but at like there were games at like 10, 11 in the morning just because of travel, particularly yep. I know that was the case in region one. Right. So. Yeah. Well, um, I know with East Lake last year when they had to travel to San Angelo. Yeah. 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 So, and I think that was where they played Allen, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Right. I think. 
in the regional final, I believe. So, yeah. So, something, uh, so some key dates there again. So, the playoffs, district certification on the 22nd, March 22nd, as you see there, by district round, officially kicking off, state playoffs kicking off March 24th, and it'll all end in uh, in Georgetown at Brucklebuck on uh, April 16th will be the final the final state final uh, on that day. So, all right. So now, other thing we were going to look at. All right, here. All right, there we go. Sorry about that. All right, so having some uh, some ish technical issues here with my uh, screen. Here we go. All right, so all right, so we're looking at. So wanted to dive in briefly, coach, to look at. Can you see that? Can Man. you see that, fine, coach? Right. Just a little, a little, a little bit. Oh, uh, you can open up a little bit more. Uh, zoom in a little bit more. There we go. Here we go. Okay. So we wanted to dive in briefly and look at the the regional sites just to hit touch base on these. Uh, for the regional tournaments, which again will consist of the regional semifinal and the regional final. Uh, so we're going to look at, uh, and again, these go for both boys and girls, and they're divided by regions, by conference, right? By alignment or by classification, I should say. So 4A, we have here, you'll see uh, region one, the Northwest ISD uh, stadium is the site hosted by Northwest ISD, obviously. Region two, you have uh, the Christus, Christus Trinity Mother Francis Rose Stadium in Tyler, so hosted by Tyler ISD. Region three, Legacy Stadium in Katy, hosted by Katy ISD. And then region four, uh, McAllen Veterans Memorial Stadium, hosted by McAllen ISD. So again, this is for both boys and girls for all of 4A. Thoughts on here, Coach, when you look at any of the particular regions? Anything jump out to you? Those are the region one. <laughs> those, those West Texas teams are going to have to travel six, seven hours to go to, to <laughs> the Justin, Texas. So that's that's, that's a long I, – I, I, hopefully they'll fight, figure out maybe to move it, you know, more central. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe to Abilene. I, I mean, Abilene Christian's got a nice stadium. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's. I think that's going to be more than six or seven hours for anyone coming from El Paso, probably yeah. West Texas. Yeah, yeah it just yeah. depends. Yeah. So okay, all right. I, um, and then the Valley, like I said, that McAllen saying I, I, I like to see that one played at HEB Park, where the, where the Toros play at. That'd be a nice venue to play for a mm -hmm. regional tournament there. Okay, that takes us through four A. Look at 5A here briefly. So in Region 1, uh, Memorial Stadium in Wichita Falls, hosted by uh, Wichita Falls ISD. Region 2 is uh, Standridge Stadium in Carrollton, hosted by the Carrollton Farmers Branch ISD. And then as we move down, Region 3, uh, Turner Stadium in Humble, hosted by Humble ISD. And then Region 4, again, this is 5A. Uh, I, I always say this wrong. How do you pronounce this one again? Is it cabinet? Cabinet? Yeah. You know what I you know what I always call it. I won't say that out loud. But yeah. 
yeah. Uh, in Corpus, hosted uh, by Corpus Christi ISD. So, all right. So, thoughts on this one, Coach? Uh, these are kind of a little more of a neutral places of play. Maybe minus the one in Carrollton, you know, because you still have some some of those east, north, northeast Texas teams like Paris or Akadoches has to still make a travel to the Metroplex. Right. <clears throat> but, but overall, it's it's a good it's it's a good kind of like I said, it's a good win neutral site. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, except for maybe, maybe Region One, like like I said, El Paso again, and another long trip to yeah. to that area. Yeah, this is where. This is, you know, this is where usually where those West Texas schools, they kind of show their grits. They're just, they're used to traveling. They're used to traveling, you know. So, so I know El Paso schools are very familiar with which, which tough falls. So, all right. That's a brief look at 5A. And then we uh, scroll over to 6A region, <clears throat> excuse me, region one, McKinney ISD Stadium. That's, that's a nice little venue, right? Uh, obviously hosted by McKinney ISD. And then Region 2, Kelly, this was an interesting one. I know you and I had a conversation about this one. Region 2, Kelly Reeves Athletic Complex in Austin, hosted by Round Rock ISD. What are your thoughts there? Oh, it, it makes all the Metroplex in Region 2 make them travel. You know, just like the West Texas teams have to travel all the way to McKinney for Region 1. And, you know, it, it's it's only, I guess, only fair. You know, but I'm a little surprised with like the one for Region Ones in McKinney. I think I think they can find. I know in the past they've had it at Grande Communication Stadium in Midland, right? And I think I think maybe that should be the site, or even even a, I think um, the stadium in Lubbock could be a. I think that's a pretty much a halfway point for a lot of those teams in the area. Uh, Reeves, like I said, it's a nice complex. It used to host the state t- the state tournament, you know, and I know, like I said, I'm, I'm sure those Metroplex teams in Region 2 are not happy driving there. They probably maybe want to have it in Waco, which yeah. would make sense. But, you know, it's like I said, you're going to have to be a road warrior. If you're going to get to the finals, you got to be a road warrior. Someone's going to have to travel somewhere at some point, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And then we scroll down. We finish up here in 6A, uh, both boys and girls again. So, Abshire Stadium there in Deer Park, hosted by Deer Park ISD, and some one we're very we're both very familiar with the uh, Blossom Blossom Athletic Complex here in San Antonio uh, for Region Four, hosted by Northeast ISD. So thoughts on these? So have you noticed that that's the only field at Blossom is the only field that you play on natural grass? Of yeah. all the regional sites, it's the only one that has natural grass. Um, I, I kind of wish they moved that one. I know I know they do rotate it with uh, the Brownsville Sports Park. They do it every two year every two years. I know that's a turf field because I've been down there. Um, but one place I would love to have a, the original final there for Region Four would be at at Toyota Stadium. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that would be an awesome venue to have. You know, especially you know show show up play at an actual soccer field you know, for a final, you know, for a regional final would be great. Be a great experience for the players too. You got to talk to, uh, talk to Harry and Royce, man. Have them put that pressure on uh, SAFC. <laughs> they listen, they listen to Harry. So I don't know. He puts that pressure. Yeah. On. Yeah. Well, I, I've been telling Harry, like even the, even the state final, honestly, they should move it away from Birkenbach and play it, play at Q2 stadium. 
I mean, play out, play out an actual soccer venue, yeah. you know, not and, a, and again with obviously, as you know, that's, that's always easier said than done. Yeah. Usually what it, it comes down to logistics schedules, these things got to be coordinated well in advance. And then, <clears throat> excuse me. Also, you know, these grounds, these grounds crews for a lot of these professional, uh, these professional facilities, they're very, uh, they're very picky, right? Mm -hmm. As to who and when, particularly when they're in season, you know, especially with your, uh, with your all grass, with your natural grass, I should say, yeah. uh, facilities. So, and then you also get into the, the aspect of, of actual rental fees, right? Within school districts, school districts are always going to ask, okay, well, who's going to pay for this? How are we going to pay for this? Um, because they're, you know, and then um, workers as well, security for these type of events at another venue. So, <clears throat> excuse me, these are the administrative pieces behind it. I know that they, uh, they always play a factor. Uh, and I get it. It's easier set. It's, it's easy to look at, you know, you look at football and you look at, they're there at AT&T Stadium. You look at basketball and you look at the Alamo Dome. So mm -hmm. can there may, can there be a bigger push for this? Yes. Should there be a bigger push for something like this? Absolutely. Uh, but I think, uh, but I think we, there's still a lot of work to be done there. So coaches, you know, talking to your administration, administrators continuing yeah. to uh, push that with UIL, because my, I don't know, this doesn't really ever seem to be enough of a, of a topic uh, towards the UIL to put on the agenda for their, you know, their summer meetings that they have up in Austin. Um, so I think need to continue to push that agenda a little bit more. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to look here really quick, make sure going to move on, look at the, uh, so the state tournament, right? So after the regional, the regional tournament, here are your, uh, your key dates, how the schedule will actually break down in Georgetown there at Berkelbach. Uh, let me pull this up here again. Here we go. So soccer state championships again, Wednesday, April 13th through Saturday, April 16th. Mm -hmm. And scroll here. So, all right. So Wednesday, April 13th will be, that's basically for a day. Right. So um, 11, 1 4 and 6 30. It's all 4A only on Wednesday, April 13th. Uh, Thursday, uh, April 14th, you will have kicks off the 5A semifinals and they work in there. Let me see if I can adjust it here. Here we go. And they work in there the, uh, the 4A girls final. Uh, so it's just one 4A final, which is the girls on Thursday, April 14th. So so the 4A boys looks like they'll have an actual break, right? They'll have a one-day layover between the semifinal and the final, but the girls will not. So yeah. thoughts on these first two days, Coach? Um, I mean, like you mentioned before about the stadiums, like, well, let's play all this. Like I say, if you want to play the semifinals there in Georgetown, let's do that. And then the final, we'll have it at Q2. I mean, we can have it in one day, four games in one day at Q2. and. You know that way, a lot of the, some of these players rest because I can imagine the girls, like the four A girls final, you know, traveling in, playing on the Wednesday, and then you get and then playing the next, and then you make it to the final, you got to play again. So it's gonna take a toll on your body, not only the travel but playing and playing back to backs, and that could affect you know the, the results of the final. You know, yeah, 
and then want and you want to and you want the best quality game too. You know what? You know you want a fresh you want fresh teams to play against each other, and I think that's something they need to maybe can start considering. Right. You know, I think doing that, maybe doing that, like I said, playing the semifinals, like they have it kind of this format, but then playing all the finals on a Saturday, you know, or even split stadiums, you know, since we're playing at Georgetown, maybe you can play other half, other half of the of the semifinals on the same day at at Round Rock, mm-hmm. and then we have four finals on Saturday there at the you know at the Q two Stadium. You know, it's any, anything just to kind of give players opportunities to just to, to, to recover. Right, and right. That's And that's the main – I think that's what the UIL needs to really start considering for the future. Yeah, and, and you know, and I think I think from the perspective of, of having the tournament in Austin, I think that's a good call, relatively central, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like there aren't a lot of venues – in the Austin area. And I get it from one perspective is it's easier from the administrative piece, uh, from the security piece, right from the logistical piece to have it all in one location. I get that too. I get that as well. Uh, but if, if they can add another location, whether it be, I mean, I don't know, you're talking about whether it's UT, you know, at, uh, Mike A. Myers field there, or <clears throat> excuse me, you know, even, even there in Georgetown, right. You know, coordinating maybe possibly the possibility of something with southwestern has a nice southwestern university has a nice facility uh never oh, yeah. actually never actually been to st edwards so i don't know what st edwards facility is like yeah. uh yeah. so there are different yeah. facilities there. the ron rock soccer uh, multi-complex uh, correct that correct. Where, the, where the taps finals happen they can play there too correct yeah, yeah. that's exactly what taps does and taps has if you, you'll notice you want to talk about a true central hub you, you got two games going there simultaneously you know, so, um, so yeah, so just another thought. I think, I think they have in terms of the the city. I think they they got the right idea. But in terms of, I, I get where you're coming from too. As far as venue, that's something that us as as coaches, as supporters, as parents need to continue to push. So, all right, moving on. We look at so day three and day four, uh, Friday April <clears throat> Friday April fifteenth, the six a the the big boys begin 6A, the 6A semifinals, and now you have the 4A boy final, which started on Wednesday. Um, so you're looking at games from pretty much 12 hours of games, right? 9.30 a.m. to, And then with the last, uh, the second 6A boy semifinal starting at 7.30. So five matches on the day here to include the 4A boys final in the middle. Uh, any thoughts here? I mean... Imagine playing overtime on a Friday night and then <laughs> turning it around, trying to play the final. Yeah, it's, it's gonna take a toll. I mean, that's that's been the schedule for the you know since since yeah. we've had this format since we had five a.m. and now we had it the four a. So, and I know in the past they maybe have rotated like five a started earlier than or six a starts a day earlier than the other ones, but right. So it's still like I said. You play overtimes, go to penalty kicks. It's still going to take a toll on you if you have to play a back to back. And like I said, it's you know if, for those five eight girls, you know uh, that five eight semifinals, you know they still got time to rest. So they do get like you do see you do see there the five eight boys, five eight girls. They do have a day of rest on Friday Correct. to recover. But six yeah. eight, you're, you're at a disadvantage. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess you, there is an argument to be said that 5A kind of, I don't know, it's it, it's impossible to be able to, to give equitable rest in this schedule, this format, obviously. But I think, yeah, you can definitely make the argument that 5A maybe gets the best, you know, maybe gets the best break, you know. So, um, and then we look at Saturday, April 16th. So it is the, it's all 5A and 6A finals with four matches on this day at 11, 134. And then wrapping up with the final match, final match of the season on, uh, on Saturday, April 16th at 6.30 p.m. for the 6A boys. Um, so, and, and this has been kind of one of the arguments that compounds uh, that why they elect not to do kind of like how they do with how you see with football where the breaking of division one and division two, right. The argument there mm-hmm. is because of usually it's here. It's when it gets to the playoffs and when it gets to regional tournaments and state tournaments, as far as the number of games, the quick turnaround. So um, you look at the final day, anything, anything sent out to you here on April 16th? Just uh, the, the big classifications are going to have to pull back to backs, you know, 12 hours, you know, after your last time final for the boys, you're back at it, you know, to get to the final. And depending on how long, maybe, maybe they do need to maybe move that game back a little bit, maybe to, to like a, like a, like a 7.30 start time instead. Yeah. Same thing with the girls, maybe a five o'clock start time. Uh, give them at least some extra, little extra time to recover. And then also, like I said, there's some spacing between these finals. So maybe if you need to clean up or, 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 or whatever needs to be done at the stadium, you know, especially if there's a, let's say the two finals of 5A boys or girls goes into extra time, you know, it's not going to cut into the other two games and so forth. Right. So I think that they can possibly do that. Yeah. Maybe in the future. Okay, and that that is a look, and we will dive into this further, but that is an initial look, again, uh, at your soccer state championship dates uh, for there in Georgetown at Brickleback Field, Wednesday, April 13th through Saturday, April 16th. And again, this is courtesy of um, the UIL, UIL Texas website. So, all right. All right, Coach. So all that to be said, now comes the unveiling of so the very first, very first of its kind, right? We got the, uh, the, the uh, give me one second here. I'm trying to expand it here a little bit. So we got the, uh, the unveiling of the RPI, the Rafa Power Index. Um, this is a very, very unique twist in terms of how you kind of came to this, this top 25 uh, power index here. Um, so tell us a little bit of just kind of what went into it and the angle, uh, your approach in, in putting this together. Yeah, I just really kind of researched the teams and looked through, you know, their records and district play and, who you know, who they face in the non-district. And and and, and I think the girls' were, uh, ranking was a lot tougher because there's a quite a few uh, undefeated teams <laughs> You know, and you know, you and you kind of look and say, okay, well, let me see who they've played. Let me see who they played, and so forth. And there are some teams on the Pirates that have played against each other. So you know, I took that into consideration as far as where they needed to be at. 
But, you know, just I think, like I said, doing the research, looking at these schedules, uh, you know, I've seen other polls that just basically copy and paste and or they just or it's just a popularity contest. No, no, this is kind of you have to do the research. You have to look through, see what they've done. And, you know, also look at what type of districts they're in, you know, you know, what, how, how are they doing things in there? Or, you know, are they dominating or, or they're getting by, barely getting by or or how competitive it is? So so it, 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 it took a while. But like I said, hope, like I said, rankings are just rankings. To me, the one ranking that matters the most is who's the one that's holding the trophy in, in April. That's yeah. that's that's what matters the most. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think the big thing with this, the big thing with this one, right, and what we had kind of teased before was, I know when you and I had had these initial conversations, and I, I kind of threw out the idea or the the idea of the concept that you l l later put together was, hey, how about why don't we look at something from the perspective of if you're going to do a power index, why don't we look at it from the perspective of a, you know, for, uh, for our boxing fans, for our fighting fans, our UFC fans, you'll understand the term of, of pound for pound, right? Regardless of classification, right? We'll look at the boys. We'll look at the girls, but regardless of classification, what would be your ideal, your top, you know, your top 25, maybe, uh, programs, your top 25 teams, top 25 schools, in the state regardless of classification right so based upon their just as you said their body of work who they've played the strength of schedule the strength of their district factoring in all all those factors right so um is there a certain level of of pedigree and reputation sure absolutely mm -hmm. uh but that's but they've also worked for that right they've worked for that as well so um that can't be ignored but that's also not the reason why you ultimately uh why you ultimately put these these uh, this power index together? So again, that's the big one. So you're gonna see you're gonna see all kinds of you're gonna see five A's, six A's, four A's in here. So without further ado, let's look at run us through here, Coach, and let me know if I need to zoom in or if you can see this. I can see that. Okay. All right. So. So I'm going to leave, I'm going to let you get started with this. All right. So I'll let you, we'll go in our increments kind of. So this is the unveiling of your Texas high school girls, the RPI, as we've dubbed it, right? The Rafa Power Index. So a kind of an inside look at a, the, a pound for pound top 25 across the state, regardless of classification. So um, coach, take us through 25 through 20 kind of things that stood out to you. Uh, take us, take us through. Well, the first one, 25, I have the San Antonio uh, Lady Bears from Brennan. They've been one of the most consistent teams uh, in San Antonio. I know they, I know they had a setback last week against O'Connor. That was kind of like almost close to the de facto district district title game, but you know, but they're back in first place. <laughs> and just to show you how tough that district is, like I said, O'Connor had beaten them, but O'Connor recently lost to Taft, which – you know, that could have, you know, kind of tipped the scale for that. But like I have Brandon right now. There's at the top program for 296A. They're one of the better teams here here in San Antonio. Uh, it's 24. I have Lucas Lovejoy. Great uh, program there from the Metroplex area. Uh, keep an eye out for them. They're going to surprise some people, I think, in the playoffs. And this one team you may not want to play, play in the early rounds. Uh, 23, I have San Antonio Clark, which was – Nobody talked about Clark here in San Antonio about, you know, 
You know, they've been a perennial, like I said, a, a perennial po uh, local power. But this year, they've really kind of get the, got things together. I know they had one little setback with Reagan, but they're still on top of that 28-6A title race. Uh, 22F Capel. Like I said, Capel's got the pedigree. You know, they had the pedigree. They have the tradition. You know, they've, they have, they've been in it. And like I said, they've always been a contender. And I think they have a good chance also in their region. Uh, a new newcomers, Bay City, Bay City for foray. Uh, Bay City is not really known for soccer, for especially girls soccer, more for football in the past. But Bay City has done, you know, the girls have done an excellent job, you know, in their season, and they could be one of the favorites in that in that region three. Uh, Argyle, another powerhouse from you know in foray. For, for you know, for a in the Metroplex area, you know they said they're going to be one of the favorites. Uh, same thing with Salina. Salina is another one. We I remember last year we were following them. Uh, they're winning some games with some ridiculous scores <laughs> in, in the playoffs and setting records. And they're they're probably on a team on a mission to kind of show that that wasn't a fluke last year. Uh, another team. They also have they also have the forward. I, I butcher her name every time, but. She's on the verge of becoming the all-time Texas high school uh, girls soccer uh, scoring leader. Um, Got to follow up on that. See where she's at on that on that uh, chasing that record. Yeah. So she's like I said, they have, having her on the team. I think I said they're going to have to be one of the favorites. I, they're going to go deep in the playoffs. Seventeen. I have Friendswood. They've always been one of the powerhouses for five A for girls soccer in in Houston. Like I said, you're in, you're out. They're one of the favorites to come out of that region. Uh, another surprise is Lake Belton. There's one of the newest schools in the state. Uh, Twenty-four and one. They must be. They're doing something right there, and and you can, like I said, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. You know, come the playoff time. Fifteen. I have the Spencer Valley Rangers, and they've been, like I said, I know they had a little setback in the first game against O'Connor, but they've won nineteen in a row. And they had a big win over Westlake. Uh, they may be that sleeper team in Region Four that could sneak out, you know, knock off Lake Travis or or Reagan or even Clark and get to this, you know, the, the state state tournament. Um, Fourteen is Cedar Park. Um, they're undefeated. They're going to win their district. Uh, they had a, like a, a a memorable game last year against Dripping uh, Springs in that regional final. So and I can see, so don't count them out. Like I said, they like I said they can, they can make another deep run. We could see another Dripping Springs Cedar Park rematch. Uh, Lake Travis, like I said, what can you say about Lake Travis girls? They're they're probably one of the favorite. They're probably the favorite for Region Four for Six A. Uh, the only setback was against Dripping Springs, you know, and that was pretty much felt like a state championship game. Um, Another one is Hurst Bell. They're undefeated um, in that in the Metroplex area, uh, so they're 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 just chugging along. I said, but Region One, like I said, they're gonna have to contend with, like I said, with the Capels and also the Salt Carols and so forth. Um, number eleven is Prosper. That's another team. You know, I think, I think they're in Region Two that could come out and get into you know get into the state semifinal. Uh, Wiley is another one in their, in their region two. Region two, uh, they've been consistent. Uh, for 4A, Stephenville, they, like I said, they're the champs, you know, for the you know, 4A. 
Uh, I think they'll, they're going to dominate Region One again, and I can I'll see more likely we're going to see them in you know in Georgetown, uh, Duncanville. Like I said, the girl the girls, you know what can say they they've been very consistent. You know that whole Metroplex area is just full of top teams. You know, you know and it's going to be a shame that you know there's some of them, some of these teams are going to be knocking each other off in the playoffs and. You know, a lot of these can be the state title contenders. Same thing with Allen. Same thing with Florian Marcus. Or, you know, from from you know, from that area, uh, Rock. Like I said, same thing. Rock Hill, uh, Dallas Highland Park. I think they're to be a, they're another contender for five A. Uh, they've won the title in the past. Uh, Palestine, the Palestine girls. You know, they haven't been talked to a lot. A lot. Uh, you know, everybody talks about Stephenville girls. This could be the, the year for them to to make some noise and and win, win that title for you know for them, and then we have Bridgepoint out of Missouri City. They're going to be this. They're a surprise there from you know they're in Region Three in the Houston area. Right. Uh, I think they're going to go deep, and then my number one pound for pound, my Canelo Alvarez. Go ahead, bust bust it out. Put it on. You can put it on. Put on the my, yeah, my uh, Canelo Alvarez of, of Texas high school girls soccer is Dripping Springs. Uh, I mean, what can you say about Dripping Springs? I mean, then I've, I've had the pleasure to see them quite a few times. I mean, they just put on the show, and you know, not not a knock on the other teams. Like I said, I'm on the other teams. I'm you know they want to be you know on this list if they didn't have talent, they'll be. But this team, you know, has the it factor. Um, you know, with their goalkeeper, Oklahoma uh, State commit. Uh, but just you know, the bench has a lot of talent. Even though, like I said, even their JV program has a lot of talent. So this this program is really going to set, you know, it's really setting the bar as far as how you know great of your soccer program should be at. And like I said, I know they're going to be moving up to six A, but I don't think they're going to miss a beat there. And then they'll probably be up here in the top, you know, in the top five again for the next few years. Yeah, yeah, and I think. Yeah, it kind of goes without saying. I think at this point, it's not. Uh, it's an it's it's a very warranted uh, respect and love affair with Dripping Springs. I guess you could say uh, mm-hmm. we don't want to think that we're just uh, that being homers in any way. No, they're they're the real deal. They're the real deal. Having seen them play, I think what probably three or four times this season yeah, myself. Times, yeah. They are every time we've seen them, they've been better. Right. They've been better. And uh, um, they obviously play in a very strong district as well. Uh, And, you know, with Bernie Champion, Elmo Heights, Kerrville Tyvee, just to name a few. But but even then, even in that strong tournament, they've they've clearly separated themselves. Uh, They've beat some six A's already. We saw them play early in the year in during a scrimmage against Smithson Valley in a game that was, again, keep in mind, this is a scrimmage in December and it felt like we were watching a state playoff game in April, you know? So, uh, so they, they are for real. And the big thing, just like, as you say, with dripping Springs, they, what, there's two things that you notice with them is they're just, they don't make mistakes and the depth, the level of depth that they have um, in terms, there's no drop off when you start seeing players come in off of off of their bench. There is no drop off. So, a uh, lot of really strong teams in here. I see you talk about Ridge Point, uh, who's been building and who's been doing really well. Uh, uh, Palestine getting not a lot of talk here. Uh, there's a lot of good programs on here. 
um, and some are some are within the same district as well. So that's saying something. Uh, now, I do have a question here for you. If you do, you have going full Joe Lenardi bracketology mode here. Do you have a next what would be a next four in or a, or let's say a next five in uh, that you wanted to give some love to? Maybe. Yeah, there's some other programs like, for example, like South Lake Carroll. We had the play. I had the pleasure of watching them play. I know they're they. They lost to Bernie Champion, which is another one. Another that's another program. Uh, I saw them here playing San Antonio. They're, look out! For, don't look, count uh, South Lake Carroll out. They got some quality players. They got that super freshman on their team, um, so they're gonna do some damage in Region One. Uh, also, Flower Mound. They're even though they're they're in the they're in that brutal district with Marcus. They, you know, I'm you know they're in, still in the playoff hunt. But don't count them out because they are still the state finalists, you know, and right. they can make another run. Um, another team that's special to you is also uh, the El Paso and Franklin Cougars. I mean, they're, they've been one of the top team girls teams in El Paso, and you know they may they may start. I think they may surprise some people in the first two rounds, you know, before they get to the Metroplex area. Um, I guess I mentioned Bernie Champions one. Uh, I'm trying to do trying to South Lake Carroll, maybe South Lake Carroll, Flower uh, Flower Mound, Franklin, Bernie Champion. That's four. Who would be your last, your number five of your maybe your next five in? Probably the next five in, probably maybe like Reagan, Reagan girls. They've had they've had some they've got two big they've recently got two big wins. You know, they knocked off Clark, they knocked off Johnson. Um the O'Connor Panthers is another one. You know they're, they've they're they're one of those sleeper teams. Um, yeah, they were they were one of the hottest teams in the state until they fell just this past weekend uh, versus Taft, which I know that says more about Taft than it does about O'Connor, just because mm-hmm. um, just because Taft has been they've been trending upward as well here in San Antonio. But when I look at it, I think maybe there's that one I forget. Uh, I'm forgetting the district off the top of my head, but um, one or two schools that could maybe have an argument in here as well. I think you could look at, uh, they're in the same district is Vandegrift and maybe mm-hmm. Westwood, you know, Austin Vandegrift, Austin Westwood, uh, who are both, both undefeated. Uh, and, but Vandegrift gets the edge on uh, as far as a district champion. Um, but both teams played against each other. Uh, and Vandergrift is, they're an interesting one. You know, they have a new coach. They're on a, what's supposed to be a rebuild in, in, you know, in their eyes, but yet here they are as, uh, as district champions as well. So those are maybe two more to keep your eye on as well as we start inching closer to the playoffs. We mentioned Westwood as well. Shout out to them. Got to give them a lot of love. Um, they, I don't know how you, <laughs> I don't know how you managed to. In for a, in for a uh, Giddings. The Giddings girls got a great program, and also I forgot to mention El Paso High girls. They got they got nineteen wins, and yeah, they they've that's they've, a big surprise. That's a I can tell you I, that's a big surprise in in the nine one five is I believe they got a new coach, but yeah, they're firing on all cylinders. So that that's a team that you cannot sleep on, you know, moving forward. And like I said, and then you also have like maybe Wichita Falls Rider. I know. With, with, with the, what happened with the Angel player, but they still have talent, you know, can't count them out. Uh, Amarillo girls, Amarillo high girls. That's another team from the, probably the best team girls team in the panhandle right now. Yeah. 
So, yeah. okay, good. Awesome. So again, you are looking at here. So this is the RPI as we've dubbed it, the Rafa power index, his, his pound for pound top 25 based on a number of factors, including can't just look at record because not all records are equal, right? But who they've played strength of schedule, maybe tournaments that they played in early in the year as well. Uh, but also strength of district difficulty of district. Um, and then of course, district schedule as well. So, um, and does the pedigree and reputation kind of come into play a little bit? Sure, yeah, but that's, that's not the only reason. Some tradition too, obviously. Yeah, you know, absolutely. What's in the past. Absolutely. All right, so that does it for the girls. Let's look at, and now the boys here. So, let me know. Is that is that good there, Coach? Yeah. Okay. So now here is the uh, the RPI. Oh, I forgot your name there. The Rafa Power Index top twenty five for the boys across the state of Texas. So. Take us through 25 through 20 here, Coach. Well, 25, I have Katie P P Patel. I didn't butcher their name. Um, new, one of the newer programs, one of the newer Katie schools. Uh, they're leading the district. Like I said, they're going to be a team to look out for in region, like I said, region three for 5A. Uh, I have the the Alamo Heights Mules. Uh, they're at 16-2-1. They had a big win over the Dripping Spring boys team who they were cruising on that through that district. And they went up to the Dripping Springs and knocked them off. Uh, Frisco Wakeland, the defending state champs, uh, they're currently in second place right now in their district. Um, they have do have. I know they have four losses, but they're against quality teams. Right. But, you, but when you've won this state title, state titles back to back to back, you're you're still a contender. And until they knock you off, you know, you know, you're still gonna, you know, you're still king of the hill for for right now. Um, like I said, but the one thing I think was kind of surprised when they got knocked off by by uh, El Paso Eastlake, which we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, Katie Tompkins, another great program from the Katie area. They've they've really uh, turned that pro. Like I said, that term that program has really come up. You know, being from a new school. Like I said, I have a friend of mine that used to coach in that district. You know, that team's been dynamite, and they've been a, a playoff contender every year, and also winning district titles. Uh, McKinney Boyd is another great program. They're probably the one of the best, better programs of that McKinney ISD area. Uh, Tyler Legacy, you know, like I said, I'm in East Texas. You know, no one really talks about East Texas soccer. And like I said, Tyler's been one of those teams that, uh, you know, formerly Tyler Lee, you know, because they've been a consistent program. Uh, Leander Roos, uh, they're in first place in their district. Like I said, a lot of teams were sleeping on them and they've, Surprised everybody, and now they're they're going to end up winning their district. Uh, Duncanville, just like the just like the girls, just lots of talent on that team. Um, next up, you have Colville Heritage and uh, Heritage, another perennial uh, Metroplex power that that's been cons consistently making the playoffs. Uh, and you have the Lake Travis, uh, one of like I said, one of the favorites here for Region Four. They got to the you know got to the, the regional final against Lee. Uh, like I said, you know, don't sleep on them. Like I said, they could end up re representing Region Four. Uh, Dripping Springs boys, like I mentioned, uh, they were actually my favorite for the for five A for Region Four. I guess until uh, Alamo Heights kind of brought them back to earth <laughs> on that on that loss a couple, last week. And but like I said, don't count them out. Like I said, they're still a great team. Like I said, I think I think they they, they could get to to Corpus Christi for that regional tournament. 
Palestine, like I said, Palestine has been the class act for four A East Texas. You know they've they're still. You know, will this be the year they finally get over the hump and and finally w- win the big one? We'll, we'll see. Um, you know, one of the things they kind of get a knockoff is because of their district schedule. The district teams are not so strong. Uh, hopefully, they like I said, they played some strong non-district games to get them you know prepared. You know for that long that long run into the playoffs. Uh, another team is Brownsville Porter. Brownsville Porter, uh, one of the better programs there in the Brownsville area. Uh, like I said, you got other programs like Lopez. You got Werner's Memorial, Hannah Rivera. But for 5A, like I said, Porter's been the consistent team. Um, I think this is the year. They, I think they they get to Corpus Christi this year. Uh, Bernie, uh, the the 4A state champs. Uh, they've they've kind of cruised. You know, through through their district, uh, through you know, even though they went down there into the valley for a four A tournament, took care of business there. You know, the only two losses was against uh, Alamo Heights, and you know, I forgot who was the other team, but quality teams. You know, so yeah, yeah, and you wouldn't expect anything less from from Bernie and <clears throat> excuse me. I know Coach Strong. Coach Strong's going to have them ready for you know for state for for the state playoffs, and uh, yeah, I think. That's that's the thing with them is they've they, they're you know they're the defending state champs they're they're kind of just methodically going through their season taking care of business and I know you mentioned the, just for them to be aware of schools like Lavernia but but I think with them they're just they're kind of for being a state champ you would think maybe it's and that's not to say they don't have a target on their back. Mm-hmm. But they've just kind of quietly have gone about their business. It's almost like people have forgotten a little bit that, hey, these guys are they're the defending state champs and they could very well be every bit as stronger, you know, if not stronger than last year. And and they come back with that experience from last year. Coach Strong will have them ready. I think uh, I think before it's all said and done, they obviously make a very deep run and they're probably a program that I think that. I'm not going to say they're, you know, not getting the love maybe that they should. Under the radar. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's more just kind of quietly, just, I don't know, just quietly kind of being overlooked a little bit across the state a little bit, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll see. So, I, but I think when it's all said and done, they're definitely going to leave their mark on the, uh, on that state turn on the uh, state playoffs for sure. Yeah. Like I said, they'll have some, con- they'll have some teams con- containing against them like Progreso and Hidalgo. And, and maybe even like I said, Lavernia. Like I said, Lavernia. Like I said, I'm hopefully we get to see that game. You see, we'll see how you know how that that game goes through. Uh, the another another team is San Antonio Reagan. Uh, no one talked about them. I know I know they've had the tradition of being a great program. Like I said, they've had a, they have a state title in the past, uh, but didn't really you know last year they they got bounced out early by New Braunfels. And nobody expected a lot from them this year, and but they've really turned it up, and you know they've they recently just became the district champs for twenty twenty seven uh twenty eight five uh twenty eight six a and yeah you're talking about Reagan correct yeah Reagan yeah, 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 yeah. so they yeah. finally knocked <laughs> off Lee off the off the, the, the off that uh, winning streak from the district play, and you know the, that game that I did go to, and they basically took Lee apart as far as off, you know, offensively, yeah. you know, they just not. Uh, one thing about them, they will smother you as far as they got a high press that 
they're not going to let you set the tone. They're going to set the tone. And they, when you make mistakes, they make you pay. And they're very, they take advantage of, of those of those plays and stuff. So they're going to be a very dangerous team in Region 4, like I said, going into the playoffs. And, you know, yeah. Lake Travis and Austin Westlake, Vandergriff or Westwood or, or even McNeil, I keep an eye out on these guys because, like I said, they they will make you pay if you, you know if you don't if you can't meet their press. Yeah, you know, with Reagan having seen them play twice this year, I think first time I got to see them, I know we were covering a game uh, with you with uh, I think it was against Johnson. I, I think That's you right. had already I think you had already seen them play. That was my first time seeing them play. But there, you talk about a certain it factor um, in terms of this area, this region in the San Antonio area. They definitely have it. Uh, and just their style of play, uh, for sure. I think could you could see the makings, you know, if they stay healthy, stay the course, right, and continue continue to play their game. I think you can definitely see they could potentially be on this on that collision course, right? That regional semifinal final collision course with uh, uh, depending upon how the draw, right? We yeah. talk about the uh, the bracket, how the bracket, the draw you get in the bracket. They could be on that potential collision course with a uh, with a uh, a uh, Vandergrift or a uh, Lake Travis, uh, or they may end up having to come across Lee again, right? So yeah. we talked about Lee, about how Lee's going to still be dangerous. So uh, yeah, I think Reagan Reagan has a chance to be special. Yeah, and then you have Katie Seven Lakes, another great program. You know they've been consistent too, and. You know, I'm sure they, them and Tompkins have some battles in, in district play. Um, uh, then you have another, uh, another kind of team that's been on other kind of little radar, but for five here in San Jose is Southwest. And, and like I said, Southwest is actually my number two team in, in my power rankings for locally. Uh, they've, they've taken care of business in their district play. They haven't really been challenged yet. And, and then also the biggest, the biggest news for they had this year is their coach, uh, their head coach is no longer with them. He's not. He got hired to be the head coach at Texas A&M San Antonio's for the men's program. So we'll we'll see how that affects him in the playoffs. You know, because Coach Hamadia had a lot of great, you know, a lot of years, a lot of experience. You know, his leadership. You know, not having that in the playoffs. How is that going to affect them? If let's say they get behind, which in the past, like I said, they've been their Achilles heel has been like the Valley teams, like especially especially for Valley View. You know, how are they going to? If they're behind, how are they going to react to that? So right. we'll yeah. see them yeah. and they yeah, can get a great point. Such a great point there with coach Jaramillo and just coaching in general. I wanted to hit on that is when you get into the state tournament, right? You and you get into the, or the state playoffs. I mean, and the further you go, especially once you uh, coaching, it's real easy to say, well, Hey, they got more club players or they got better players. They got more experienced players, but you start getting into that that regional quarterfinal round and beyond, you really see uh, coaching can potentially win or lose you games, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so, yeah, very important to see how how they uh, adapt to that as well. But, yes, a very talented Southwest squad as well. Yeah, then another great team from the Metroplex is Keller. Like I said, Keller's in that same district with Silent Carroll. And like I said, but they've, they've, they've been dominating that district. Uh, another surprise team is Frisco Lone Star. You know, everybody was talking about Wakeland and them being the state champs and 
the Lone Star is actually controlling that district. They have the district league. I think they're about to clinch. I think they're, they're already clinched the district uh, title for the season. And so that's another Frisco team that you're probably going to have to look out for in Region 2. Um, and then for number number six is, is, been, is my actually my number one team in San Antonio is the Harlan Hawks. They had a great run last year. Um, you know, they did lose to uh, Lake Travis last year, but they took Lake Travis to the limit. You know, this just fell a little bit short, and I have seen Harden play a few times. And, you know, they they won the Alamo Heights tournament. Uh, they played some really good quality teams. And don't sleep on them. You know, I think they could get to the regional final. I, they have the talent, um, the coaching. Um, they've, they've done, you know, they got themselves a really great program in their Harlan and I wouldn't be surprised if they can get, they can get to Georgetown, uh, Woodlands, what can you say about Woodlands perennial power year in, year out, the, 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 you know, the, the talent, the players that they have there, they've always, like I said, they're always a contender there for region two, uh, Cypress Creek, another surprise team from the Houston area. Like I said, look out for them in Region 3. And then Ailey Felsick, you know, a few years ago they won state. Nobody thought that, you know, they were, there was kind of, they were kind of a little Cinderella story. Now they got, now they built themselves a really good program. And like I said, I think they're going to be one of the favorites in Region 3. Uh, Grapevine, see, another Metroplex area team, powerhouse. I think they're going to go deep in their playoffs. And then my number one is, is El Paso Eastlake. Like I said, they've been very consistent. I know they had a little one, little setback, but I, I think they're on a mission, kind of similar like with last year with, with with Lee. Lee was on the mission last year because they felt shorthanded not getting that state title because of COVID. You know, I think Lee's, East Lake, I think they're on a mission to get to that state tournament and get to the state final after that little setback against Allen. You know, because nobody thought Allen was going to beat them, and you know they, they got surprised. And I think they're focused and. You know, Absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised that they'll be lifting the tr- they could be lifting the trophy in Georgetown. Yeah, they're definitely, and I think if I'm not mistaken, I want to say I don't know if it's the top three or the top five in this in your RPI here. We're all also getting like national ranking uh, coverage by Prep Soccer, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know the three. I know East Lake Grapevine and. And Leaf Elsick for sure, but I, I can't recall if Cypress Creek and Woodlands were as well. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think East Lake, East Lake has a chance also to be very special. Uh, and having seen them up close previously, but I know all indications are is that they're definitely they're better than last year. Right. So uh, trying to avenge that regional final loss to Allen, as you said. So, so we'll see. Definitely an exciting, uh, exciting group here, Coach. Uh, Definitely, definitely a strong, uh, strong one. So again, that is the first version of the uh, the boys and girls, uh, the R, the Rafa Power Index, as we call it. So, and I do have some honorable mentions also for the boys. Like, yeah, I was going to get to that. You have your five, your next five in for the boys. Yeah, the, you got some other programs. I'm, I mean, I'm going to mention San Antonio Lee. I know it's been a little disappointing year for them in district play. But don't sleep on them. I, I, I think Coach Rogers is going to, you know, he's going to have them ready to play in the playoffs. And that and I think this, all this adversity they've gone through, they're going to have a little chip on the shoulder. And not so much of the target, the more of that chip on the shoulder, 
kind of have like say, hey, you know what? People think we're down. We're gonna prove them wrong. So don't don't sleep on them. Uh, you have other teams like, uh, for example, in the Valley, Brownsville, Brownsville Hannah, for six A. They may surprise some teams too. That they're in district play. Um, also, we got some teams in the. I'm trying to see where or else in the. Uh, Kingwood Park's another one because they, they made it to to the final last year, and we got some other teams. Um, there's one team in 4A, Snyder. No, Woods is a newer program. Right. They got a dynamite record, and they're doing good things there. They, you know, I know they had a setback with San Angelo Lakeview, but they could contend with with San Eli out of you know out of the El Paso area. San Eli, right. that's another program too that. Yeah. could get to the you know to Georgetown as well. So those are some of my uh, kind of honorable mentions going into to the to okay. the playoffs. All right, awesome. So we will continue again this uh, this RPI Rafa Power Index here. This top twenty five for the boys and girls. Totally different type of uh, format. It's based off of your kind of your pound for pound uh, pound for pound listing, regardless of classification. So so definitely a unique twist. That's a lot of a uh, lot of work you put into that, obviously. So, uh, and again, always subjective. It's never going to be perfect. Uh, that's always a given when you're dealing with this kind of stuff. But appreciate your work on that, Coach. Um, and again, we will unveil this again at our next uh, our next episode, episode three of Inside Texas High School Soccer. So, and we will be coming uh, coming to you all live again. Uh, probably somewhere right around that uh, district certification deadline, or if not by the start of the uh, the by district round. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which will be again, district certification deadline for UIL will be uh, Tuesday, March twenty second, and the state state playoffs begin on Thursday, March twenty fourth, with the kickoff of the by district round. So, all right, coach, this has been awesome. Uh, have been really. Really glad to have you here. Have you join us? Uh, any final uh, final thoughts as we start to wrap up here? Yeah, just uh, like I said, we're excited. To, we're getting close to the end. I guess I remember we were just not so long <laughs> months ago that we just started the season. It it's gone so fast, and you know we've seen some a lot of surprises and a lot of teams really rise. And like I said, I'm looking really looking forward for this playoffs to see who. Who's gonna, who's really gonna shine, or who's like I said, who's a who's a pretender, who's a contender, and uh, like I said, in, any given day anybody can get knocked off, and you know just because you're not on made the list or you have a certain record, you know anything can happen. You know you still got to play the games because the numbers don't are not gonna determine if you advance or not. So, and I'm also looking forward to our bracketology. Like I said, our in person bracketology, we actually get to. Be in person, face to face. I don't know if we're gonna have you on here for the bracketology, and we will have a couple other people as well. So give our insight as far as who's who takes the crown in April for for the boys and the girls for all three classifications. Yeah, I keep telling Harry we need to shoot for four hours, four hour episode this time. See if we can uh, see if we can <laughs> break that break last year's uh, last year's record. So yeah, um, definitely excited uh, again for uh, for all the. All our supporters, thank you. Uh, thank you for your support. Thank you for the listens. Thank you for the downloads. Oh, Coach, before I forget, where can, for our listeners across the state, where can they find more info on the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable as far as social media and listening to the podcast? Yeah, we're, we're on Twitter, like I said, at the SATX Soccer. Uh, we're also on Facebook, which 
You can also see some of my live streams for my live stream games. So you can see some. Anyone trying to do a scouting report, <laughs> you can probably see some games there. Uh, but I think I'm going to be doing a game Tuesday. Um, I haven't announced it yet. I'm going to kind of keep it a little secret. But it, it, it's going to be a good with – with the two teams I'm going to do, it's their two playoff teams. And I'm looking forward, forward to seeing these two teams play. I guess uh, there's some talent on these two squads. And then – and hopefully I think we have the last streaming we'll have – Possibly, hopefully, we'll see is one. I think maybe I think March twenty first. We're waiting to see if we can get to that one, and then and then let the playoffs begin. So and then also, if you're a fan of USL soccer, especially San Jose FC, just follow us on our Sunday show, and hopefully, you won't have to do an early nine a.m. show again. Nine a.m. show, huh? <laughs> so we, I may have, we may have to have a talk about that and say, hey, we might have to do like a, like a brunch special or something, like at ten or eleven o'clock. All right. Well, we will not be having any episodes of Inside Texas High School Soccer at 9 a.m. I can tell you that right now. So, all right. Awesome. Well, Coach, I've loved having you on here. Thank you again. Appreciate you. your time. Uh, always love doing this with you. And uh, and then again, for our listeners, thank you. Uh, you can find us again. This is uh, season two, episode two of Inside Texas High School Soccer. You'll be able to find it as well underneath the uh, 5050 podcast uh, with all the other episodes, which you can also now find the audio version. So we're on all the major platforms. So go ahead, look there again. You can also find us on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Uh, so uh, just continue, uh, continue to listen, continue to spread the word. We appreciate you guys. You're the reason why we do it for our coaches out there. Same thing. Thank you for all you've done in another, uh, another year. I know we're getting ready. We're ramping up towards the playoffs, talking about the play, the state playoffs, but um, only four teams per district make it. So there's a meaning there's anywhere from three to probably six, maybe seven in some of these bigger districts, uh, schools who don't make it to the playoffs. Um, so we have you in mind as well. So continue to continue to put in that hard work uh, and developing these uh, these young leaders across the state, because that's really what we're charged with first and foremost. So we thank you all. Thank you for your time. And you know what to do until the next time. Keep downloading and keep listening. You've been listening to the 5050 podcast powered by College Promoters USA. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.